One man, one mission, to equip the Church of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and awaken the Church to the voice of the Spirit. David Cuppet brings to you the School of the Holy Spirit from one of his many missions from around the world, where he aligns with apostolic leaders to eradicate spiritual blindness and reveal the true authority of believers in Christ, to prophesy, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the lepers. Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of the School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak to you today. I believe the Lord uh, gave me a download for you guys, right? How many, know, how many of you know the Lord speaks today and that He wants to do a sur- supernatural work through His church? Amen. And so uh, before I jump into things, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. You know, I'm sure you have questions. Who is this guy? Um, I'm just a normal guy that got set on fire. Amen. Um, I've been married 30 years, uh, have three beautiful children, um, they're all in uh, ministry school, and uh, not by my choice, they, they answered the call of God on their life, and um, I'm just, I'm really excited, just amazed at what the Lord can do, um, because in 2005, um, I was a heathen, I was uh, chasing corporate America, trying to fulfill myself in the world, um, finding, you know, money, alcohol, whatever I could do to, to numb the pain and try to be successful and nothing could, nothing could do it. There, were, there was nothing that could do it until I stumbled into a church one night and a prophet called me out, started to prophesy over me, got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the rest is history. Amen. He prophesied over me and he said, uh, son, you're going to awaken the army of the Lord around the world one day. And I had, I had never even, I, number one, I didn't even know who the Holy Spirit was. And number two, I didn't even know what prophecy, uh, tongues, I didn't know any supernatural thing. I didn't know any of it. But when the Lord spoke to me, um, something changed. I became radical for Jesus. I knew he was real. He wasn't just words on paper. He literally was real. He started to speak to me. And um, I guess, you know, that's my dream. Um, that's my dream that the church would truly step into their true identity Do you know the church isn't supposed to be a victim? The church is supposed to be the most dominant force on the earth. The church is supposed to bring the fear of God where they go instead of being afraid of what the world's going to do, what what the the system's going to do, anything that, uh, you know, just, just this wrong identity, right? I mean, the church, literally, if the church truly knew who they were, they'd be raising the dead, casting out devils, healing the sick, and doing the supernatural everywhere they went. Amen? And so that's my heart, and um, that's, that's my hope that, uh, you know, the church truly steps into who, who they really are. The church isn't really just about you coming to sit on Sunday. The church is about a place where you're equipped, and you together begin to pray and hear God together, and you go out and shake Louisville, right? Anybody here ready to shake Louisville? You're not just a bunch of pew sitters. Your people who are going to shake Louisville, amen? And so I've, I've had some radical things happen in my life. Um, the Lord uh, came to me in a dream in 2015 um, and started to speak to me about being sent to India. And he said, a man from India will call you, and uh, when he calls you, go. Seven days later, I get this phone call, David, 
I saw you preaching on YouTube. You need to come. And, and um, since that time, um, I've ministered to over 5,000 pastors in India, um, mainly equipping uh, them in a transformation of being baptized into the Holy Ghost, not just knowing Jesus in word, but in power, yeah. right, yeah. to do the supernatural. And uh, never in my wildest dreams did I know that guy existed before the dream. Do you know how powerful dreams are? Dreams and visions, right? Didn't the Lord say that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh? Wait, wait. He, he just said pastors, right? He just, said, he just said like people that are on stage. No, no. He said I will pour out my spirit on sons and daughters. You all will prophesy. Come on. You with me? Everybody. The whole church. The vision of the Lord is that you are the most dominant force on the earth. Amen. One dream. One vision can change your whole life, right. right? People say, why do you pray? Why do you search the Lord day and night? Because I know the next thing he's going to say to me is going to launch me into the next supernatural thing, yeah. right? Yeah. Amen? So um, this dream that the Lord gave me, actually the prophecy on the first night I was baptized in the Holy Ghost that I would awaken warriors around the world, I prayed into that. And finally, just uh, in the fall of last year, the Lord gave me this download for uh, my latest book, it's called uh, Wisdom-Filled Warriors, and uh, I encourage you, uh, I, I, I apologize, I only brought like 40, 45 uh, books, and most of them got purchased last night, but um, this book really uh, kind of lays out the vision of the church stepping into the supernatural in, in this new time that we're in. This, this time that we're in is unprecedented, right? Um, and we're not supposed to be the ones afraid of COVID. We're not supposed to be the ones afraid of, of the loss of food and everything else that's happening. We're supposed to be the ones that have the answer, right? And so um, I encourage you to get a copy. And so before I get started today, um, I just, I wanted to, I was going to just kind of give this book away, but as I was sitting over there, the Lord gave me this download for um, a person in here. And um, <laughs> this lady, this lady right here, um, I saw you with a sword. It wasn't yours, though. You were, you were happy to use it. You were winning some battles. You were losing some battles. But there was this heavy bag that was tied to you. And, and you felt like it was a burden, so you didn't want to actually search what was in it. And I saw the Lord stop you, pause you, get you to a point where you actually started to look in the bag. And when you opened the bag, the Lord pulled out this sword that had your name on it. Amen. And it was a glowing sword. And when you held it, it was like the power that was in it was supernatural. And it's like you suddenly saw the difference between using somebody else's sword versus your sword. Yeah. And you started to ask the Lord about where you were supposed to use your sword. And yeah. I saw him pointing you. And when he started to point you, you started to walk into places and wield that sword. And I saw the enemy deathly afraid of you carrying the sword that he gave you. Amen. So I just, I just release that over you, that, uh, that, the, that the power of the word of the Lord, the rhema word of God is upon you, and that you will rain down terror into the enemies of God. You will set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, and bring sight to the blind in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, so I thought I'd tell you a story um, about the mission field. Anybody, anybody ever go on the mission field? 
The mission field is an amazing place. You get to experience things that you really don't get to experience in normal everyday life or even normal everyday church. Um, And so when I was radically saved uh, in 2005, um, within a matter of weeks, my pastor started putting me up in front of the church and prophecy and deliverance ministry. And it just started, I mean, it was just, it was automatic. I couldn't stop it. I loved it. I loved to see the Lord um, touch people. And so, you know, within a few months, this evangelist that that attended our church, um, he would always go to the Navajo Indian Reservation out in Mexico. Um, and so he invited me. He said, hey, man, I want, I want you to come. Um, think you can help me. I'll, I'll give you some opportunities to minister and use your gifts and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, let's do it, baby. Let's make the devil pay, right? And so I, uh, we go, and uh, the first night, we're, we're in this, we're in this uh, church uh, on this compound uh, on the Navajo Reservation. And um, the evangelist gets up. He stands in the pulpit, and one of his favorite scriptures was Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to tread upon the serpent and the scorpion and over all the supernatural power of the enemy, right? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And when he started to speak it, all of a sudden in the back of the church, you hear this, (laughs) right? And I look back, because I was sitting in the front row, I look back, and there's this big Navajo Indian. He's like 400 pounds. He's got the guy in front of him around the neck, okay? The guy that's sitting in front of him actually turned out to be a pastor, okay? And so this Navajo, he's, he's choking this guy, he's rah, like he's literally trying to kill him. And so I'm young, man. I didn't know what to do. I run back. I jump on the guy's back, and I'm going, come out in Jesus' name in the, in the middle of the church, right? And this guy, this big Navajo, he's like, oh, and he, he, he leaves go of the guy. And I'm going, come out in Jesus' name. Come out. And he, he drops down to the, to, the, to the ground, and he starts to um, expel what I'll call green foam. It was uh, a demonic um, deliverance, okay? He was in the midst of amazing deliverance. Little did I know... Um, that in the midst of this, after I jump off this guy, one of the other pastors come over and say, that guy, that guy is one of the leaders of the peyote witch doctor cult. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, that, that's cool. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, right? And this guy, he's, he's, he's in deliverance in the middle of the church. And all the pe- you turn around and all the people never saw deliverance. They, were de- they, they went to church, but they were deathly afraid of the witch doctor. You know why? Because the witch doctor, they, they talk about shapeshifters and seeing supernatural demonic things. They're pretty normal um, on, on a reservation. Okay? They saw that power, but they had never seen Jesus dominate the enemy. And so I turn around and they're all standing, they're all standing on their chairs going, like Jesus is real, right? And that was, that was all well and cool, but you know, the evangelist, a few other guys, they kind of took over. I kind of, I went back to the back. I'm standing in the back by the window out there and all of a sudden there's nobody around me and I feel these hands around my neck, like, and I, I start, I start to have trouble breathing and I'm going, like, and I'm looking around and I'm going, Jesus, Jesus, and, I, and, and finally after what felt like eternity, it was probably about 10 seconds, 
I said, in the name of Jesus, leave me now. And this, this thing, like, it left me, okay? But I'm telling you the story because we all need to know that our enemy is real, right? And some of the sicknesses and diseases and things that people have um, are not just body issues, okay? A lot of what we experience are actually physical manifestation of the demonic world having influence over our lives. And I didn't know it, but the Lord was about to teach me one of the most amazing lessons that I would ever learn in the world of the Spirit. Because as I'm back there and this thing is, is choking me, and I say, in the name of Jesus, leave me now, and it's, I could feel its hands like, leave me. We continued on that night, but as the night went on, I got more sick and more sick. I literally felt like the life was leaving my body. And um, like my energy was going, my, I, I was just, I was, it felt like I was getting a fever. Um, the evangelist is doing his thing and I'm catching for him and doing, doing some different stuff. And we get back to the compound and my wife and I, my wife had the, the girl youth group. I had the guys. Okay. And so I go and I lay down and I'm laying there and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not right. And I'm, the next thing I know, I'm on the, I'm hugging the porcelain throne. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm buckled over the porcelain throne and I'm, I'm, you know, dry heaving and I'm going through this and I'm fighting this thing. And I'm going, come out in Jesus' name. Leave me now in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. And I'm fighting. And the more I fought, the sicker I got, baby. Until about six o'clock in the morning, I finally, I, I literally thought I was going to die. Okay? And um, I run over because my wife was in another building, I, I, I said, hey, this is what's been going on. you got to pray with me. We start to pray. Nothing happens. Um, I said, call Brian. Call, call the evangelist. She calls Brian. Brian was staying in the cushy hotel down the road while my wife and I were on a compound with, with the kids. Um, but Brian, Brian and his wife didn't hesitate. They jump in their car. They pull into the compound like 20 minutes later. I'm buckled over um, uh, the porcelain throne. They walk me out. They lay me down um, in, the, in the middle of the compound on this table. Um, and they, start, they, lay their, they lay their hands on me and they start to pray. And when they start, they're praying in the spirit, right? And I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking I'm dying, dude. I'm like, this is it. I mean, I know the demonic world's real. I thought I had power to cast out a devil, but this one might be bigger than me. Okay? And so they're praying, they're praying. And all of a sudden, the wife, his, his wife's name's Karen, uh, she says, I had a vision. This is what I see. And she starts to talk about this dragon um, uh, having its claws in me um, and breathing on me. And um, uh, she started to prophesy about how the hand of the Lord was removing this dragon from me. And when she started to prophesy, it felt like, you know how when you have a heavy blanket on you and you just take that blanket off? It, it started at the top of my head. It felt like something was peeling off of me. And, and down my face, down my chest, down my legs, off my feet. And by the time it left my feet, I jumped off the table and it was like, I'm healed! I, I had so much energy, I didn't sleep for days. I had so much energy, I was like, Jesus literally drove a demonic power off of me and I'm healed. Amen? And so that was one of the most... In the early days of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and yeah, I had this power to cast out devils, but you know what? In the world of, of uh, hierarchies, you know, you might play around with a baby devil, but then you might 
you know, bump into what they call a principality or a ruling spirit or something big, right? And you better be mantled to actually deal with it. Amen? Amen. And so it's not just about a mantle, it's about how to use your mantle. Okay, and this is, what I want, this is what I want to talk to you about today. How do you use your mantle? Do you have a strategy of how you relate and connect to the Holy Spirit to rely on the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what to pray, how to pray it, how to prophesy it? Okay, because if you, um, if, if you generally just approach it like, yeah, I have authority over a demonic power and you begin to cast something out, um, there's certain, um, what I'll call wins you'll have, but if you get the word of the Lord, the Lord revealed to me this pattern, right? This prophetic, prophetically equipped people come, they lay their hands on me, they don't just jump into warfare, they, they lay their hands on me, and they wait on the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, boom, the Holy Spirit points. The Holy Spirit says, this is what you're facing, this is what you're going to pray, and when you release the vision of God, right, there's nothing that can stand against the word of the Lord, right? Way back in Genesis chapter 1, right, the darkness was a victim of the spoken word of the Lord. The darkness didn't have an answer. They couldn't decide to stay. It didn't matter. It was the power of the voice of God that spoke directly into the darkness. So the key is the strategy, right? How, how to say what the Lord is saying and how to get what the Lord is saying for the circumstance that you're in. The right message at the right time for the right people, for the right purpose, right? Pointed. The Lord is, all, the Lord is always pointed with an intent and a purpose that you're not a victim. You see, I'm laying there on the table thinking, oh my God, I was doubting. I'm like, oh my God, I had some victories doing deliverance ministry with people, but I met my match. Maybe Jesus isn't as big as he is, but, and I, I'm saying that kind of tongue in cheek, but the reality is I'm laying there thinking I'm going to die and the Lord is showing me a supernatural strategy that would change my life. Because when I left that comp, when I left the Indian reservation and I went home, I'm praying and fasting, knocking on the Lord's door and say, I don't know how you taught uh, that evangelist and his wife to do what they do, but I want to do exactly what they do. And I would pray and fast and knock on heaven's door and say, I want to know, I want to operate in that strategy. I want to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, wait on the vision of the Lord, and speak what the Lord is saying because no matter how big that enemy is, that enemy has no ability to overtake the vision of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so this amazing pattern, if you, if you understand the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the, in the New Testament, right, that pattern is everywhere. Jesus sent one thing. He sent the Holy Ghost so that you could learn how to pray, learn how to hear, and become weaponized that you won't be a victim subject to the demonic realm and all the sickness and disease and everything that the demonic realm imparts on the people of God, right? Not only the people of the world, but the people of God right? There's, there's a whole lot of sickness and disease in the church that actually should not be there. The church is actually needing to be woken up to, to be able to work in the pattern of the outpour of the Holy Ghost, right? And so are you dedicated to what I'll call churchianity and the routines of churchianity, or are you 
into the simple path of the Holy Ghost. Because the path of the Holy Ghost is very simple. You wait in this, Jesus said, Luke 24, 49, wait in the city until I send the Holy Ghost upon you. Right? The Holy Ghost comes upon a group of ill-equipped men who ran on the night of the crucifixion, were afraid, chicken. Jesus called Peter a, 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 an absolute rooster, right? A chicken. Right? And all of a sudden, when the power of the Holy Ghost comes, this pattern is unveiled. Not only do they receive the Holy Ghost in a one-time encounter, they learn to receive the Holy Spirit and unleash the power of the Holy Ghost everywhere they go. And that, that pattern is receive the Holy Spirit. It says they prayed in tongues and prophesied, right? So this pattern is receive, pray in the Holy Ghost, and the, the Holy Ghost then actually prays through you to actually do what you can't do on your own. What Peter, John, and James could not do on their own when they ran away on the night of the crucifixion, but suddenly they begin to rely on the Holy Ghost. When they do not know what to pray for as they ought, they begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, right? And the Holy Ghost actually draws the Lord to speak. It draws the one who sits on the right hand of the Father to literally invade your circumstance because you are embracing and, and trusting in the power of the Holy Ghost, the very one gift that Jesus gave, and you invoke the Holy Ghost to pray through you, and suddenly when He prays through you, you start getting these visions and dreams. And when you get the visions and dreams, there's no principality, no power, no ruler of darkness, there's no entity that can withstand or resist the vision of God. Right? You see, the Gospel can't be that simple, is it? We, we in the church, we complicate things. We, we make things about systems and routines and, you know, who, who's doing this and who didn't do that and all this stuff. And Jesus is saying, no, no, no. You receive the Holy Ghost. You learn how to pray. You begin to pray in the Holy Ghost and you expect in the Lord to show up in every circumstance you're in. Amen. Right? Is anybody expecting the Lord? Amen. Do you truly expect in the Lord to show up in your life like that? You see, I, ha I learned very quick that in my own strength, even though I was doing a righteous spiritual thing, I'm on the mission field, right? I'm helping. I'm doing, I'm doing the work of, of the ministry. But I had, the Lord was going to teach me how to become Holy Ghost dependent so one guy can shake the world. You see, you can shake the world in a dependent relationship with the Holy Ghost. You can shake the world with one vision, one dream. I can sit here till the cows come home and, and talk to you about, you know, the Lord sent me to this college campus or the Lord sent me to this co coffee shop. The Lord sends me uh, to this guy's office where this plant manager is in dire need. And I begin to speak and people with these stoic faces and, and everything begin to weep and cry because the Lord is speaking into their life. Amen? You see, the church is supposed to be a prophetic um, battleground. It's supposed to be a prophetic um, infantry. A place where people, not just one or two or a handful of people are equipped with this prophetic anointing, but everybody. The Lord says, I will pour out my Spirit on about 50% of you. No, He says, all! That means you get turn to the person beside you and say, you were born to prophesy. Come on, you were born to prophesy. You were born to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, do the supernatural. Amen. The church needs to know who it is. And so 
I want to talk to you today really about that pattern um, because that pattern is, is uh, hidden in this vision that the Lord gave me um, for you guys. As I was praying this week about coming here, um, the, the vision that the Lord gave me was that uh, I saw people laying face down at this altar. And there was a trough. The only thing up here was a trough filled with uh, anointing oil. And people were laying face down and they were drinking the oil. And as they were drinking the oil, um, I saw this door open up in, in the front of the altar here. And I saw, I saw uh, Jesus swing this door open. And there was this hot, fresh bread. This hidden manna that you didn't know was at the altar that when you lay face down relying and drinking the Holy Ghost, being consume, consuming the Holy Ghost, relying on the Holy Ghost, suddenly what is hidden becomes unveiled. Yeah. Right? Jesus is the bread of life, right? Yeah. Right? He speaks. He, he literally pours out to every person who holds on to His Holy Spirit the one gift that He gave the church. He pour, he, as He pours out and you hold on to it, he said, I will open to you the windows of heaven. I will open to you the realms, yeah. right? He actually told John, come up here. I have more to tell you, yeah. right? Every person here, the Lord has more to tell you. Are you with me, church? Yeah. You see, if you think that the Lord only gives you snippets or maybe the, you think the Lord doesn't talk to you, I'm here to tell you that's a lie from the devil because the Lord is here to actually awaken His army. He's here to literally pour out His Spirit upon you. He's going to literally have you chug His oil. Drink His oil with such intent that you expect the fullness of heaven to be poured out upon your life that you would actually be given secrets. That the altar would be a place where you come and lay before the Lord and the door is swung open and everything Jesus has is poured out. Sons and daughters are not powerless. Sons and daughters are given all ability, all authority, all power to deal with whatever circumstance you're in. You see, the church needs to be literally flipped from being a victim and thinking like the world into having an expectation that my God is bigger than anything on this earth. My God is bigger than cancer. My God is bigger than depression. My God is bigger than oppression. And he has given me this place to lay before him and to drink of this oil, this Holy Ghost that has all ability, all power, all authority in it. And he gives you one, one word. He gives you a plate of hot, fresh bread and you begin to eat this bread and you are made supernatural. Because the vision continues with those who are laying on their face and have the bread given to them and they begin to eat the bread. I see these glowing white hot mantles falling on person upon person upon person. And instead of just sitting in your chairs, I see the whole church running out into the streets where all these people who are draped in these heavy black rugs that are weighing them down suddenly because your presence is there that these people fall down and these these heavy weights literally fall off the people because people who know that they're mantled and not only that they're mantled in the holy ghost they know how to hear god they know how to come to the altar they know how to depend on their god they know how to rise up they know how to enter the fight of the day they literally roll out of bed and say yeah yeah, what do you have today, Lord? I know 
you're going to speak to me. I don't care what problem comes my way. I don't care what the doctor's report is. I don't care that the school said your child is the worst child on, on earth. I don't care because the Lord has an answer. Say this with me. Say, Holy Ghost, I will not neglect you in any of my circumstances. I will expect as I drink of you that heaven is open and that the bread of life feeds me and dreams and visions will turn into prophetic releases and the situation will be changed. Darkness must flee in the name of Jesus. Are you ready, church? You see, what would you look like if you really lived it? I'm not, you, you know, hey, I'm, you know, as a, as a prophetic voice, I love you, but I'm here to challenge you. Because if you don't get pushed, you'll stay in the same, you can get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fall into ruts and routines. You can learn to endure. I'm tired of the church just enduring. How about the church rise up and say, I refuse to be a part of the system. I refuse to be a victim. I refuse to be taken advantage of. I refuse to be. How about that thing? How about that thing that I had to experience? Oh, Lord, let this thing literally suck the life out of me. Until I had this experience where I said, what that woman learned to do by praying in the Holy Ghost, getting the vision of the God and driving that entity off of me, I want that. Does anybody want that? Say this, say, Holy Ghost, weaponize me with dreams, visions, and prophecy. Turn my dreams into reality. Let my tongue be your flame of fire that changes the world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you get the picture? You get the picture? You see, there's a scripture that talks about the hidden manna that uh, the Lord kind of pointed me to. I just want to talk to you about it real quick um, because it's important to understand where we live and, and what this world is, okay? This is Revelation chapter 2, verse, verse 12. Um, I'm going to read through verse 17. Then to the angel of the assembly um, in Pergamum, the seat of Satan, the place where Satan sits. Does Satan sit in anywhere in our communities? Does, it, does he own the drug-infested places? Does he own, um, you know, you can go down through the list where all the pain and the suffering and everything, it literally is a place that, yeah, I don't want to live there. I don't want to go there. So the Lord is pointing people to understand a perspective of a place where you can see the darkness. You can see the place where the enemy has literally taken over. Amen? But he's talking to the church in the midst of the place where Satan sits. Uh, and when you sit in a chair, it's actually a sign of authority. Yeah. Right? Satan was taking authority over people. Kind of like that demonic power had authority over me as I laid there, right, on that table, waiting for a prophetic voice to speak over my life because I didn't know how to do it on my own. Get in the picture? These are the words of him 
who was and wields the sharp two-edged sword. I'm reading out of the Amplified. Um, I know where you live, a place where Satan sits enthroned, yet you are clinging to and holding fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one, who was killed, martyred in, in your midst, where Satan dwells. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You have some people there who are clinging to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to set a trap and a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, to entice them to eat food that, that has been sacrificed to idols to practice lewdness. Thus you have those who hold the doctrines of the Nicolaitans. I'll talk about that in a minute. Which thing I hate. You know, Jesus said, you're supposed to hate what is evil and love what is good. Not tolerate it. Not accept it because it's normal in culture. You as a church, when you look at something that's evil and you know it's evil, it's actually um, a very questionable thing for you to tolerate. Because if you tolerate, that means you accept it. And what you accept it, it will become routine practice for your children. So whatever you don't fight actually has a major impact on the next generation. Repent or else I come to you quickly and fight against them with a sword in my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes, I will give him the hidden manna to eat. So I believe, I believe that the, the hidden manna, the vision, is connected to a challenge. It's connected to that you no longer tolerate what you know is evil. That you no longer just sit still. That you no longer just say, well, that's the world, that's normal, and that's the way the church is supposed to just try to, try to survive. The church isn't meant to try to survive. The church overcomes. The church dominates. The church invades. The church is the living Christ. Amen? And so these two doctrines, you know, the doctrine of Balaam, Balaam knew he could not curse the church. He could not curse God's children directly. And so he gave the Moabites, the Satanists, he gave them actual strategy to infiltrate the church, to weaken them and to make them basically a powerless group of people who would be under the curse instead of under the blessing. Right? And, and, and these satanic things that, that uh, the Moabites did um, are, are evidenced all throughout our culture today. Things uh, that, that become normal like horoscopes and mediums and fortune tellers and astrology and um, crystal balls and mind reading and um, all these different types of sorcery, Ouija boards. You go every, everywhere, you, every toy store you go, there's a Ouija board. Kids are drawn. I can't tell you how many youth groups I've worked with, and I ask a question. How many of you ever played with a Ouija board? Half the kids' hands go up because they're innocent. They have no idea. It was accepted. It was just tolerated. It was normal. I spent hours casting demons out of kids because they played with a Ouija board. It's real stuff, right? Is your family, is your church weakened because of what you tolerate, that you know is evil, but you have not challenged and draw a line and said, we believe in the, what the Holy Ghost and the Word of God says and what Jesus is, is directing us to do, and we will not tolerate allowing Satan to have a seat in our house. Yeah, right. Amen? Amen? You see, in the doctrine of the, Nicolait- the Nicolaitans, the Nicolaitans were, were men that um, basically uh, made Christianity a powerless system. 
You just come, you sit in the pew, you, you go through the motions. It's just about trying to read Scripture and trying to achieve Scripture and no relational direction that Jesus is present and real and actually invading the earth and releasing the power of the Holy Ghost on the earth, right? Jesus said, I hate them both. I hate the doctrine of powerlessness, the Nicolaitan doctrine, and I hate the, the fact that uh, there's an infiltration of accepting cultural divination, sorcery, and all this stuff that actually weakens the church. Because you, the, the, Balaam knows that he can't curse you directly, but if you begin to embrace it, practice it, even tolerate it in any degree, you even let it in your basement. You open yourself to the power of evil. Right? And Jesus says, I hate it. I literally hate it. So when the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you, you know what I did? The first thing I did whenever I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I used to get drunk three, four, five nights a week. The first thing I did is I went down, poured all my alcohol down the drain. Then I took all my motley crew, all my, all my uh, music that worshiped the devil, everything. Nobody had to tell me to do it. I just, something burning in my gut. I'm crushing, I'm crushing um, uh, my CDs and my, my tapes. I'm dating myself. Right? I hated it. I couldn't tell you why. I just hated it. I had to get away because I was in love with this one who began to speak to me at this altar. And he just pours out. He opens this door where the hidden manna is released. Right? I mean, if you read my books and stuff, you're like, you, the Lord took you to heaven here. The Lord took you to heaven there. He showed you this. Yeah, doesn't he show you? Doesn't he show you? If not, we have to get that corrected. Because the promise of God to the church is that He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. Not 50%. Not just the pastoral leader. Not just the deacon or the elder. All flesh. You are the army of the Lord. You are the army of the Lord. Who is to love good and hate evil. Not tolerate it. Not accept it. You see, a lot of the sickness and disease is because you tolerate it. That story I told you, the Lord made the demonic so real to me. You see, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I had a certain, like, I'm st- the, the, my pastor calls me up front. I start praying for a person. This is like a week after being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, a demon starts screaming out of a person. Rah! I'm like, what's that? Oh, that's a demon. Just tell it to come out. Come out. <laughs> that's, how, that's, how I, that's how I was awakened. But I had to, the Lord was taking me to another level when he took me to the reservation to let me know how tangible and impactful the demonic world is. That's why I can't tolerate it. That's why when I see a sick person or when I see a person so depressed they can't literally get through the day or when I see an oppressed person, I have to say, can I pray for you? I don't know how God's going to talk, but I know when I lay my hand on you, there's going to be a vision and that demon is going to come out of you and together we're going to learn that we're not going to tolerate sickness and disease. We're not going to tolerate any of this junk that the church has tolerated for generations. Right now, the Lord's giving you pictures and downloads of people and situations even in your own life that you're not going to tolerate. Oh, come on, church. My God, what would you do if you really believed it? 
What would you do? Oh, show base on my muscle tebre. All right, devil, this is what I see. Come on, man, warriors clothed in a mantle, knowing that at that altar is a place where they are committed to Almighty God, where they're in love with the one who does not leave them an orphan, who has adopted them, made them sons and daughters. And the scripture says that all of the world is waiting for those baptized in the Holy Ghost, for the unveiling of the sons in God to actually be released on the earth, to shake it. Come on, say this, say Holy Ghost. Give me dreams. Give me me visions of what I really am. Deliver me from tolerance, from accepting a mundane life, accepting sickness, disease, pain, oppression. Give me vision, Lord, and send me to raise the sick, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out devils. Show me who I really am. Say it with me. I want my mantle. I repent for neglecting my mantle. All right. Come on. We're getting, we're getting somewhere now. You see, there's a lot of people that come to the altar. They get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I can pray in tongues. But the Lord has a shift he's doing with his church in these days, that it's no longer just about you saying, yeah, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I know he's real. It's about you dwelling in the place of his presence and knowing that he has so many things to tell you. He has so much manna to pour out on you. There's a, there's a dying world where Satan, it, Satan, because the church hasn't sat down and taken authority, Satan has sat down and taken authority, and he's even infiltrated the majority of our American churches where it's normal to have you know, your Halloween and, and, and using the, the, the uh, what is culturally acceptable practices that are actually witchcraft and, and divination, right? You're not going to tolerate that stuff, right? You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You're absolutely in love with this supernatural Holy Ghost that has a plan for your life. You see, that guy that got sent to India, it, he didn't exist before 2005. He didn't even exist between 2005 and 2015. You see, the Lord, if you continue to pursue Him, He begins to unveil the next version of you. The next, there's always another layer. There's always another place. There's always another development. There's always another equipping. Amen? Amen. <sighs> you see, when... Um, The church is a lot like Elijah right now. Elijah did all this supernatural work, and then when Jezebel, the bigger principality, came onto the scene, right? Elijah, literally, the fear, the fear of the world comes on Elijah. He runs to the cave, right? He's, he's hiding in the cave, but the Lord didn't forget about him. And that's, that's where I believe the Lord is speaking to the church right now today. He's talking to a lot of you. He didn't forget about it. You may have hid. You may not have walked in the power of the Holy Ghost. But just like Elijah, the still small voice came into Elijah's heart. And Elijah literally um, 
it says that he came out of the cave. He came out of the dark because the voice drew him out. And what did he do? It says he put his face in his mantle. You see, I believe the church is about to put their face in the mantle. That the true warriors of God are about to come out of the cave and that no longer that uh, you just sit there in the darkness, in the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the place where you have no purpose, you have no intent, you have no design, you don't know who you are. You see, the, the voice of God n- never condemns you. You see, I heard a lot of preachers say, oh yeah, Elijah failed. So God fired him. And I, you know what I say? You don't, you don't see the prophetic message in that, in that whole story because you know what I see? I see the still small voice not giving up on Elijah. I see the still small voice reaching into Elijah's heart, drawing him out of the darkness into the place where he can actually see what the Lord has put in his hands. He put a mantle on him. He put an equipping on him. And he didn't forget about him. He actually said, go lay hands on the prophet who will kill that queen. Go lay hands on this king. And go lay hands on this king. And oh, by the way, you're going to go start the prophetic school. And you're going to awaken prophets and people who know my voice all around this region. And they're going to change what Jesus Jezebel had controlled. Are you with me, church? <laughs> you getting the picture? You see, Jesus, Jesus said this. Jesus said that Elijah would come, right? He said, Elijah, if you were willing to receive it, Elijah would come. Right? That's, uh, what is it, Matthew 11, um, 13, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah, the spirit of Elijah, who is to come. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. You see, who's about ready to put their face in their mantle? You see, I don't care what you did. I don't care what you neglected. I don't care what you didn't know. I don't care. You see, the enemy weaves all kind of lies into people. You're insignificant. That you'll never amount up. You don't have a call of God in your life. You don't have a purpose. You're not important. That's a big one. You're not important. Those are all lies from the devil. Those are all lies from the devil. Because the Lord is literally drawing people out of caves because His intent is to, to pour out the spirit of Elijah, to pour out upon you all ability, all power, all authority because you decide to embrace fully what the Lord has, has given you. He's actually opening your eyes as a gift to embrace fully And you actually hide your face in nothing but Him. Nothing but what He gave you. What did Jesus give you? He gave you one thing. He said, you stay in this city. Don't go try to do it without what I'm going to send you. Luke 24, 49 says, I will send the Holy Ghost upon you and I will clothe you. I will mantle you. Lord... (laughs) Come on, Lord, I want my mantle. I repent for neglecting this amazing gift called the Holy Spirit and believing that the the world was lying to me, even the church that said I'm just supposed to sit still, that I don't have a purpose and a call of God on my life. I repent, Lord, because your word says that I am called to cast out devils. I am called to prophesy. I am called to raise the dead. I am called. Come on, say it with me. I was born. To prophesy. I was born to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. I was born to hunt darkness, to not fear it. You see, the church has been hiding in a cave because they're afraid. 
And the Lord says over 300 times in His Scripture, do not fear. Do not fear. You know, the Lord is, I've, I've, I've gone to some dark places in India. I've gone to some, you know, crazy, crazy. I've, I've slept in brothels. I've slept on floors in uh, just infested places, had parasites, had uh, all kind of stuff. Okay? But he says, do not fear. Do not fear. Do not look at the circumstance. Do not look at what is before you. Do not look at the limitation. You look to me. You hide your face in in the mantle I've given you. What I've clothed you in, church. Because I've clothed you in all power, all authority, all ability. I've held nothing back from you. You see, right now, people are getting revelations that you've tolerated something. You've tolerated a disease. You've tolerated being uh, feeling uh, unable, unqualified. You've even believed lies that some, some, some you know, people have spoken over you and said, you'll never amount to this. You'll not do that. There's no plan for your life. Those are all lies from serpents. Those are all lies. Because the Lord says, I adopt you. I equip you. I call you and I send you. He doesn't say I can call you to sit in a chair in a pew. He says, I call you and I send you. Amen. Come on. Isaiah had the, had the encounter. He had the face to face and he says, here I am, Lord, send me. Amen. Come on, Lord, here I am. Send me. Send me, Holy Ghost. Send me in the name of Jesus. You see, this pattern is a supernatural pattern. It's not complicated. It's as simple as you hiding your face in the very thing that will give you comfort, give you blessing, prosper you, heal you, deliver you, and you don't give any attention to those liars. Because the world is a liar, man. You see, you can even get caught up in the politics and you actually think one side is true and one side's not. They're both liars. They are both lying to you. Because unless they are of the Holy Ghost, they're lying to you. The world is a lying spirit. So if you're thinking you're going to put your trust in, they got in. No, they got back in. Oh, they're going to change this. No. It's all designed to eat you up. And you put your false hope in something that can't fix what only God can fix. Whatever you say, Lord, the next thing you have to say to me is my mission, my purpose, and it's what I believe in. Nothing else. Come on, Lord. Where are you positioned, man? Are you positioned in the right place? You positioned on your knees? You positioned at his altar? You drinking his oil? Are you drinking his oil? Come on, church! You see, the Lord is awakening an army in this hour. A people who will not tolerate it anymore. A people who are, whose eyes are open to know that that world is a liar. And there is only one true God. His name is Jesus Christ. He is for you, not against you. He will do the miracle you need. He will pour out His Spirit upon you. He will give you more and more and more and more. He holds nothing back from sons and daughters. 
My God, what would you look like? What would you look like in six months from now if you spent the next six months knocking on heaven's door, eating his bread, being literally transformed? You see, this guy guy didn't exist before the dreams and visions. I drank myself to death. I had to numb the pain. I had to literally numb the pain. I couldn't go fast enough on a motorcycle. I couldn't jump out of enough airplanes to get an adrenaline rush to feel alive. I literally, uh, I literally, my early 20s, I had, a, I had one of those crotch rockets, and I would get in the, uh, you know, northwest Ohio is straight and flat, and you can go from hundreds of miles into Indiana on straight, flat land, and I would put my legs up on the, on, the, on, on the seat, I'd lay down on the tank, and crack that thing open to 120, 140 miles an hour just to feel alive, and it couldn't work, it couldn't fix it. Until I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and I fell in love with this God who has not stopped talking to me. And he took this insignificant guy who literally was afraid to talk, didn't want to be in front of people, didn't like relationships, thought everybody was a liar. A lot of people are. But he gave me a heart to actually care for those people and go prophesy and help them change their lives and do things to them that the Lord did to me and see that this amazing miracle worker that changed my life and gave me an ability and assignments and opens these doors and connects me to places and, and just says, I'm sending you here, I'm sending you here, I'm sending you here. There's a, there's, there's a guy locked in you. Some of you have found that guy, but a lot of you have not. Okay? I believe the Lord is drawing a line in the sand and saying, you can come find me today. You can come to my altar and my promise will be fulfilled in your life. You will find out who you are. You will know that you have a purpose in your life. You will know that you don't have to live depressed. You don't know that you have to live oppressed, diseased, sick, and all these things that the world literally says, you just have to cope and deal with it. No, I have a plan for your life, says the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppet.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.